You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome back to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408. You can also get us on youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Mark, you have a little very important announcement before we introduce uh, Bishop Perry. Yeah, our our Monday uh, show, we had a, uh, someone else did the Monday show. So that was my wife's 25th anniversary of her 39th birthday. So I just wanted to wish Mary oh, Conley, Mary. Teresi, a happy birthday. Uh, she's full <laughs> she's of energy, and she, she, she sure is. And uh, so Mary, belated, happy 25th anniversary of your 39th birthday. Right. Now Mary, am I right in saying she was a great athlete in her day? Yeah, a lot more. Than, uh, yeah, she was the athlete. I was the musician. And she played softball. Yeah, she she she, she was one of the youth leaders it. in high school for sports and stuff. She was a jock. So I had nothing, Mary, I had no clue what that meant. But anyway, Mary, God bless you, and another forty years <coughs> on your thirty ninth anniversary for your birthday. Just keep going with them. Another sixty, seventy more years. So, uh, belated happy birthday to Mary Connolly Teresi. Thank you very much. Okay, and Bishop Joseph Perry, Auxiliary Bishop Vicariat 6, discusses the men's conference that occurred last weekend and will update us on where things are in the cause of canonization of Father Augustus Tolton. Bishop Joe Perry, welcome to the program this morning. How are you, Bishop Perry? Well, good morning. Good morning to you both. Thank Great you. to see you. Now, before we get into the couple of topics, I need to ask you this question, Bishop Perry. Briefly, tell us your vocation story. I think sometimes people forget you were not born with a collar, <laughs> you were not born a bishop, <laughs> but you grew up where, and how were the seeds planted for the religious vocation? Well, I attended um, Catholic uh, grade schools uh, as a kid. My father insisted that we go to Catholic school because Catholicism uh, has been long in our heritage and um the first notice that i had of religious stirrings would be the images that we received as kids of the priests and the sisters who uh, worked with us in grade school um we grew up at saint rayfield school on the southwest side it was at 62nd and laughlin street the sisters of christian charity there we had diocesan priests and that's where those images and inspirations, I believe, first came together for me. It was through the encouragement of the priests and nuns that I began to think about the possibility of uh, a religious vocation. And uh, those were my strongest inspirations, I would have to say. And then you entered Quigley? No, I did not go to Quigley. I was um, recruited back in 1962 for St. Lawrence Seminary up in oh, Wisconsin, sure, ran by the sure, Capuchin Club. Sure. And that's where I took high school and college seminary. And, and then you ended up in Chicago? Yes. Um, 
passed in 1998. I was a priest of the Archdiocese of Milwaukee for That's 23 oh. years. Oh. So you were ordained for Milwaukee. So you, ordained for Milwaukee. So your theologate, well, which theologate did you attend? The St. Francis de Sales Seminary in Milwaukee. Oh, sure. So now, now, Bishop Perry, a very important question. Are you a Green Bay Packers fan? Not really. Oh, thank God. <laughs> oh, thank God. Otherwise That's a to, diplomatic to, answer. Otherwise, we'd have to go to break <laughs> for a 20-minute break. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've always meaning to ask you that because you're doing an outstanding job because you were consecrated a bishop in what year? 1998. Oh, okay, so 24 years ago. And yes. I, I remember that when you were consecrated, and I can't believe it's been almost a quarter of a century that you've now been a bishop. And now would you, generation. Would you be the first <laughs> to say that time has really flown by quickly? Oh, God, yes. Mm-hmm. It really has. Could you explain for folks that are listening, they may not understand, so you were a priest in Milwaukee, but you ended up here in Chicago as bishop, how that works? Well, most of, when I was a seminarian in Wisconsin, most of my classmates were Wisconsin farmers from small towns and that. And once we finished at St. Lawrence Seminary, a number of them transferred to the Milwaukee Theologate. Oh. So they were my friends and buddies, so I followed them. And in those days, under Cardinal Cody, it was not easy for, there were a number of us guys who, who uh, attended religious order seminaries, mm-hmm. but you couldn't come back to Chicago in those days. Oh. There were plenty of vocations under, That's true. in those mm-hmm. days, you know. And uh, yeah, that was a, a structural piece there that just was not possible to cross back in, in those days. So I stayed in Milwaukee. Okay. That's interesting. I just wanted to ask that question for a few minutes just to give people a chance to hear your story because as much as I've known you for all these years, I never knew that story, the vocation for religious mm-hmm. life, born in Chicago, Milwaukee seminary system. Uh, mm-hmm. and just It's fascinating to hear that. So maybe for a moment, uh, Bishop Perry, tell us about the Catholic Men Chicago Southland. When did, what is it and when did it begin and how? Well, it's been running about 18 years now. Uh, the suburban section of Vicariate 6, uh, there were some men who ran prayer groups in their local parishes. Some of them were kind of stumbling or fumbling with it. And uh, the, the initial idea with a couple of uh, deacons in our parishes and that was to somehow help parishes found uh, prayer groups for men as well as to um, nurture those that were already running. So we got underway about 2004. And then we came up with an idea, well, why don't we bring all these parish men's groups together for some inspiration and some, some input? And we titled it Catholic Men Chicago Southland, which was the south southeast suburban section of the Archdiocese, Vicariate 6. And then April we have a web page. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a blog. Uh, men can send in prayer requests. Uh, we post seasonal meditations and reflections and prayer aids uh, for men to help them with some inspiration for their lives. And it's been going reasonably well. We have an annual um, men's forum or a men's conference, and we 
take a chunk of a Saturday morning as we did last Saturday. We bring in speakers, we have breakfast, small group discussion, Q&A, and prayer. And um, it's, it's been going on. As you know, uh, some men, maybe many men, feel badgered these days uh, about their role. Uh, but we try to help them be good husbands, better fathers to their children, good citizens. And we encourage them to be active in their local parishes, uh, to be generous with certain Catholic causes, uh, uh, and um, somehow be direct participants in, in, uh, in how men and women can relate to one another in complementary ways and stay away from the rhetoric and all that stuff that can bear down hard on, on men who are trying to be just good, ordinary, decent Christians. Now, Bishop Perry, as you've experienced um, these gatherings, uh, how, how has it impacted you? Is there a story or two that surfaces that, you know, it's kind of a wow story that, in terms of the spirituality of these men? Well, I'm always amazed, uh, even most recently, uh, last Saturday, uh, you get men, as we're, we're concluding things, come up to you. One of the other of them is tears in their eyes wow. saying, this is something I have needed. Wow. I've needed for a long time. Uh, wow. These are men who, who plug into our, our blog and our webpage seemingly on a regular basis to come to our gatherings. Um, so there's, there's a sensitivity side to men that I think is often overlooked mm -hmm. and gets somehow lost in the midst of the the political rhetoric and otherwise these days in the culture. Maybe the question I would have for you is, uh, how has this group, Bishop Perry, touched your life? Because people are always asking about the group, about who comes, how it touched their lives. But having done this now for 18 years, how has this group affected and touched your life in some way? I find myself more sympathetic by having some... Um, inroads into the lives of ordinary men who are really genuinely struggling in their lives. They're struggling with their marriages, they're struggling with raising their kids. Uh, the messages that we receive, you know, through the media and that are not always complimentary. And I'm impressed myself uh, how hard some men are, are, are trying out there and doing a, a decent job, mm -hmm. really. And they, they need, I think, and enjoy the endorsement of the church for their struggles, uh, their pain, uh, the joy of their vocation. Uh, it certainly has given me a different dimension. I teach canon law of marriage at Mundelei, and this is a, a different dimension. This mm -hmm. is a different side of the coin of the whole uh, marriage vocation. Of course, not all of the men are married. A number of them are single, but... A number of those single men eventually will be married someday. But that was very, what's very interesting is you get this group together, they come to realize, I'm not alone. I share exactly. the struggle with others. There's a comfort knowing that we're in this together in the name of the Lord to move forward with a sign of hope. And because uh, sometimes these guys, they, they're drowning. They feel like they're drowning and alone. They come to realize, I'm not the exactly. only one struggling. Mark, take us to break. Yeah, what a wonderful Thank model. You. For the Archdiocese. Absolutely. Uh, WNDZ, 750 AM, 
Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408, or you can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. We're speaking with Bishop Joseph Perry, Auxiliary Bishop of Icariot 6, the Archdiocese of Chicago. When we come back, we'll discuss Bishop Perry's efforts with the Father Augustus Tolton Sainthood cause. We'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. Ancestry and genealogy are more important every day. People all over the world are wanting to learn more about their family heritage for personal and for health reasons. At Catholic Charities, we are hearing from adults who lived for a brief time at St. Vincent's Orphanage, the wonderful life-affirming agency that operated out of our headquarters for 91 years, serving thousands of women, children, and families until it closed in 1972. Our post-adoption services help adults who want to learn more about their experience at St. Vincent's. Our compassionate staff members provide whatever family background information they can offer, along with support and reunion services. To learn more, call 312-655-7093. That's 312-655-7093. The spirit of St. Vincent's lives on in the inspiring stories that continue to emerge today. I'm a seminarian. The church needs compassionate and well-trained priests to help guide each of us through life. What inspires me, what draws me always to the priesthood is continue to see priests be a beacon of hope for other people. You can play a part in the education of these young men as they prepare for a life of service to others. I want to be that beacon of hope too and it, it sets my heart on fire. To support our seminarians, make your gift at archchicago.org slash seminarianfund or call 312-534-7959. At Catholic Charities, we want to remind you that we are here for anyone who is a victim of domestic violence or anyone who has a concern about someone they think may be a victim. Domestic violence affects millions of people each year, both women and men, of every race, religion, culture, and economic status. It includes physical, psychological, and emotional abuse inflicted in both subtle and overt ways. The impact on children can be devastating. If you or someone you know are victims of domestic violence and you are looking for a place for healing and recovery, call us at 773-935-3434 in Cook County and 224-430 4977 in Lake County. A safer, happier tomorrow can begin today.
back. Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408. Or you can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. We're with Bishop Joseph Perry, Auxiliary Bishop, Vicariate 6, Archdiocese of Chicago. We had a wonderful conversation about the Catholic Men Chicago Southland Group, which just from hearing that conversation, it, the whole archdiocese would benefit knowing that structure and how, you have groups how like it's that? evolved and the commitment. Um, because I'm sure, before we get into our next, the commitment is lay leadership. I mean, lay leadership yeah, exactly. that, that really continues to the idea. That's wonderful. Many coming, uh, men coming forward with their spiritual hungers and just needing a little direction and how to channel that in, in some wholesome ways. Right. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Well, keep the, that up. Yes. It's marvelous. And, and you're, you're the champion for Father Augustus Tolton's sainthood cause. Um, here, here, particularly in Chicago, great advocate. Could you give our listeners a little bit of background on Father Tolton and then where we are uh, in that process? Augustus Tolton uh, was born enslaved on a farm in Northeast Missouri, uh, the area of Brush Creek. Uh, during the Civil War and just prior, uh, the state of Missouri was a slaveholding state. Uh, Illinois was not. And uh, the Mississippi River divided that reality in such wise that the outbreak of all the chaos in the Civil War, uh, people were running. Uh, escaping uh, bondage. And if you could get across the Mississippi River and into Illinois, it was a little piece of salvation for people. Not everyone made it. Some people drowned. Others were caught and thrown back into slavery. Uh, Tolton's father had uh, left his enslavement. He had escaped uh, to fight with the black troops at Abraham Lincoln had allowed to uh, conscript on the Union side. Uh, his wife never heard from him again, and later, about seven years later, uh, discovered his name on a list of Civil War casualties. Oh. He had died at a, at a dispensary in Arkansas. Wow. But um, sometime in the summer of 1863, either June or July, uh, the gentleman, a Catholic man by the name of Stephen Elliott, who owned the Totons, had died, and he didn't have a will. So one day, uh, Augustus's mother, Martha Jane, had saw these uh, dealers coming on the farm property. The farm is still there today. You can visit it. Hmm. It's still farming. <laughs> wow. wow. After all these years. Uh, there's a lot of farms in that whole area still. Well, she found these dealers come around and they were bidding prices on farm equipment and animals and all this stuff because apparently there was some considerable indebtedness on the farm. And Stephen Elliott's wife, Sevilla, had to pay off indebtedness after the death of her husband. And the biggest fear, of course, arising in people's minds of what's going to happen to the slaves. There were at least 15 enslaved people on the farm at the time. And we have the, um, the valuation document in, in our archives here where a price tag was placed on each of them. Mm. I think uh, Augustus's mother was valued at $100. Oh. Her brother 
at $200, and little Augustus, who was nine years old at the time, was valued at $25. Of course, there were different monetary values hmm. back in that day. So she describes to steal away during the night with three children, a babe in arms, little Augustus, who was nine, and, and his sister, Anne. And through points that were, you know, rather carefully plotted out of stops along the Underground Railroad at spots where you can take refuge uh, during the daytime because you only moved at night. Um, where you, and they were picking food from farm fields and drinking from brooks and streams. And it was a 43-mile walking journey for her. But by halfway through at Hannibal, Missouri, she was accosted by some Confederate bounty hunters. Apparently, Mrs. Elliott had hired a gentleman to go after them and to bring them back. Uh, he was given a retainer fee of about $20 to start out. But almost like a deus ex machina, some Union troops had descended upon the scene and reminded the Confederates that they were happened to be standing on Union soil. Oh. There was a Union encampment at Hannibal, Missouri at that time. And these bounty hunters somehow had crossed over that in their search for runaways. Mm. It was chaotic. The Civil War was in full steam ahead and people took advantage of all of that chaos and try to make money off it, mm. as we know people will do. The Union troops took her to the shore of the Mississippi River where they found mysteriously a dilapidated rowboat that had one oar. And they told Martha, this is as far as we can go, ma'am. You have to take it from here. Others like you have crossed over. Some didn't make it. Some made it. So she got into the boat with her three children, and apparently the bounty hunters didn't give up. They began shooting at her with their muskets, their rifles. And thanks be to God, they missed. But she managed to get across in the course of the night and land on Illinois' shore, from where other people with the uh, Underground Railroad had put her in the direction of Quincy, Illinois, where there was a hovel of Blacks, escaped slaves, runaway slaves, uh, some freed people, where she took refuge. And that's how the Tolton story started. Wow. That's fascinating, which means the story you just shared would have been about 18... 63, because he was born in 1854. So as you mentioned, Bishop Perry, this is the absolute height of the Civil War with all this mm -hmm. happening. But by the grace of God, when those bounty hunters came looking for him, they were on Union soil, and they had to back off until they started shooting at the shore. But that story I never heard of, but uh, that's, that's amazing. So where is the, what's the latest right now with this cause for beatification are they in the process of trying to investigate miracles right now? Mm -hmm. It took us about four and a half, five years to put his dossier together. Uh, it was sent over to Rome and went through those processes at the Congregation for Causes of Saints. In the meantime, we exhumed him in Quincy and examined his remains and sent that report over to Rome. That was in 2016. 
down in the Diocese of uh, Springfield where, in Quincy where he's buried. So everything is finished as far as the research mm -hmm. phase. In June of 2019, the Holy Father was pleased with the report and declared him venerable. Uh, so that means that the story is accepted by Rome. He is considered by the Pope's decree having lived a heroic Christian life for his times. And now we're in the miracle phase. Uh, and, and what does that look like? How, how many miracles and is there a time frame on that? Or it could be a long time or a short time? It depends. Hmm. That uh, endorsement from heaven falls where it falls. <laughs> Just, <laughs> we pray uh -huh. for it every day. Mm -hmm. We have a canonization prayer that we send all over to anyone interested. We've sent a couple over already that did not, for various reasons, make the, uh, the mark. And we are now examining a couple other <laughs> recovery phenomena that uh, they're looking closely at. Um, the, the whole issue is trying to discover a situation where it is obvious that God intervened in a person's recovery and that medicine had nothing to do with it mm -hmm. in any size, shape, or form. And that through interceding with this candidate intercession to take their pleadings to the throne of God, this individual, this is a sign that the individual is definitely in heaven. We need to bring the segment to a close. I uh, want to thank in a very special way uh, Bishop Joseph Perry, Auxiliary Bishop of Vicariate 6. Bishop Perry, you are a phenomenal guest. It was a very yes. fast half hour. Keep up your great work. Yes, I know you are 39 you. years old with a lot of, <laughs> a lot of energy. So thank you very much. And uh, Plus, you have a great sense of humor. Special thanks to co-host Mark Teresi. Thank you. The work of our producer engineers, Michael May and Brian Hockey Hitman Brock. To our listeners, may God bless all of you. Uh, we do pray for an end to the Ukrainian conflict. We pray for world peace. It will be peace with the help and strength of God. Continue Easter season blessings and have a wonderful weekend. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.